still not sponsored by Duncan. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. everybody welcome to TWW live I'm Mark and I'm Nicole we're gonna to talk to you about some woodworking stuff we're going to answer your questions there's a live chat room Nicole's mm -hmm. grabbing questions from there I have questions that are pre-selected from people who helped support the show mm -hmm. give them a little bit of something something over at uh, patreon.com slash wood just a little extra a little extra and then also on YouTube there's that little join button it's just a couple of bucks and uh, you get priority treatment for your questions but even if you're here live and you don't support us that way you can still get a question on the well, show a lot of states represented in our in our chat room today. like the state of confusion Ohio mm-hmm a lot of we have two Ohio's what's up with Ohio uh, Philly okay New York I like me some Philly Alabama Pennsylvania no Argentina Ooh. Not just the United States. All over the world. Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us, everybody. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Uh, so you want to get right into... Oh, you know what? Oh. I forgot to thank people I didn't copy yep. in the first screen. Thank you oh, to yeah. those three people. <laughs> I forgot John to copy it over. Durant, there you go. James Tudor, and Chris Fielder. I'm glad you have it. Thank yes. you. <laughs> okay, just a quick note. Uh, we did have a video that came out this morning. For Nicole and I, it feels like Saturday. I, yeah. But it actually was a Friday today. Yep. We had a whole kid thing that we did today, so we're, we're a little exhausted. We tried to wear them down, but as a result, they really wore us you down. You can't really do that. You, if you try to wear your kids down, you <laughs> so have to wear tired. yourself out in the process. I'm like, after this show, I'm going to bed. Yep, unless you make them chase the greased pig. Then they might be the ones getting tired. <laughs> Just a little memory from Nicole's childhood. Uh, I won that grease pig contest too. <laughs> yeah, you did. So anyway, uh, on our channel, a video about uh, trying to do, um, sort of impart some wisdom. Yes. Thinking about my career up to this point and, and things that I've learned along the way. Uh, Ten things that I wish I knew when I started woodworking. So one of those fun videos. That was a fun video. You know, yeah, not too long. I know you, you were like, yeah, that was an easy video to make. But I, I disagree. I think it took you 15 plus years yeah. to make that video. If you think about it that way, sure. Yeah. That's very magnanimous of you. <laughs> but ultimately, it still was a Some short video. big words. I like big words. Though. I've been hanging around Shannon far too long. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's. Uh, let, I think we have some questions to answer. I, I'm, I'm disappointed that no one has even noticed the blue tape on your shirt. Well, you know, eventually they will, and yeah. then they'll ask, and then we'll have to talk about it. <laughs> so Tom Weatherhead did say, so was that live video earlier today, or did I miss something? Okay, you want to know what happened with that live video? <laughs> it's amazing how fast this stuff works when you don't want it to. Um, I, I was setting up the show. We're actually at our community pool. I'm sitting there. The kids are swimming. Nicole's sitting across from me. And I go, oh, crap. I hit the, I hit the button. <laughs> I hit the button. And I'm, I'm hitting stop. I'm hitting stop. So it was like a split second. I immediately went in and deleted it. But some people got the notification. Yeah, it just works that fast. It literally was a accidental click. So I'm sorry <laughs> about that. But it happens. Uh, Lark does want to know, what is that blue tape uh, covering? Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you, Lark. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> I just it's just a cry for attention yes. that's all it is um this is a shirt I had made for uh the workbench yeah that that last conference year. 
So at WorkbenchCon, I made custom shirts with jokes on them that I thought was funny. Um, and it was an ongoing joke that I'm not verified on Instagram yeah. because verification is a bunch of BS, frankly. We've been trying for a while to get verified there. It has become sort of a, um, like, no one really knows exactly what the criteria is, but you know when you don't fit it because you just don't get the, yes. you don't get the blue check mark. So, so they changed something in their process. I'm not going to go into it, but I got the blue check mark. So now my shirt that used to say unverified. I said, it's not valid anymore. It's we not gotta, accurate. You got to fix that shirt. So I've just modified it so that it's, um, that it's accurate, <laughs> but it's, a, it's an inside joke. Because did the hashtag. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. Okay. So, oh yeah, you know what? Guild projects are still on pre-order. Until the 9th, right? Yep, this coming week, I think, is the last week you're going to have to get in on Brian's. Uh, And once again, if you get both of these projects together, you get that additional 10% off. So that's uh, that's something cool. Go check it out. Great projects. And the one on the right is mine. That's the uh, Bent Lamination Quilt Rack. I'm a little partial to yours. Well, of course. I made it for you. That's true. (laughs) I made it for you. (laughs) All right, let's get to questions. Nobody cares about this crap. Let's, uh, Let's answer some questions. Sebastian Marchand asked, is Rubio a good floor finish for a high traffic area like a kitchen? Also, would you recommend Rubio um, for kitchen cabinets? Some of the cabinet doors will be a push to open system. I'm not sure if Rubio might rub off too quickly on the push section of the doors. Well, as far as a floor finish, if you ask Rubio, yeah, that's what the finish was developed to do is to be a floor finish. Um, if you go and check out my video on how to apply Rubio, I do go into detail about the sort of, um, it's counterintuitive sometimes when you think about durability and a finish. And what I tried to express was when you use Rubio on a floor, you're not exactly counting on the finish doing a ton of protection. It's not like a layer of polyurethane um, or some other like really hardcore finish. What you're really doing is just preventing minor dings, minor scratches, and liquid from absorbing. You're trying to prevent staining. It's the wood that the floor is made of that does the lion's share of the the durability that you're going to see from it. So this is why Rubio, if you put it on a really, I don't know, we have like white oak or hickory. I can't remember. They might... When we bought the house, it said hickory, and then I saw it, and I was like, kind of looks like white oak to me. But anyway, very hard stuff, right? So it doesn't really need a whole lot in the way of, like, let's put a layer of plastic on top of it. So you could go with a low-luster finish, but you, you're not like you're not using it because it's super protective. You're using it because it's easy to repair. So floors, things like workbenches, stuff that we know is going to get abused, a lot of times putting that lighter duty finish on it that happens to be easier to repair is the way to go, right? And that's kind of the way I think about Rubio. Now, when it comes to your kitchen cabinets, yeah, I think the more you put a greasy finger on there, or if you're in the, maybe you're washing dishes, so you're putting a lot of moisture up there, or you have grease on your hands, we always have oil on our skin. Uh, you keep touching the same spot over and over, sure, it's gonna probably stain or discolor. Um, but here's the thing, if it's Rubio, it's literally a quick sand, and then you wipe on some new material. Um, if it was a film finish that started to be problematic, that's a bigger deal to refinish that and make that look good again, so. That's that's generally what I think about Rubio when it comes to durability. Got a question here from Mark Wida. He says, uh, I hope to hear your answer to this question on Friday night. I'm always having a problem with my jigsaw every time. No matter how careful I am, mm-hmm. my cut always comes out slanted. Yep. Uh, I've triple checked and made sure my blade is straight and perpendicular. Uh, it's an inexpensive Ryobi. Yeah. So I think this is something that does get worse the cheaper the jigsaw. Um, I have used the Festool jigsaw and I have seen demos done with that with a long blade where they essentially cut a cube 
out of a, a block of wood. That's pretty impressive uh, because normally with, with a big deep cut like that, um, you're going to start to get wandering at some point. Um, so I think the saw or the saw itself can make a difference. Um, so I, but I don't necessarily want to be like, yeah, go buy a better saw, dude, and, and you'll be happy. Um, I still get with my Milwaukee um, uh, hoochie. What's it called? <laughs> the well, jigsaw? Yeah, it's a jigsaw. Oh, okay. I just... I'm just thinking about today. It was a great day. Yeah. Um, so even on that one, I still get some cuts that kind of wander on me. And I would love to hear from the chat room. Like if you have a good jigsaw and you still get a cut that's non-perpendicular, and it isn't because, you know, the tool is off. It just is hitting the wood and the wood is kind of convincing it that it wants to flare out one, one way or the other. I'd be curious to know if you guys have fixes for it. A lot of times what I do is I make sure I have a very sharp blade on there. I take my time, I let the cut happen and I let it clear all the chips. I don't rush it. Um, I definitely think that's something that could cause problems too, but I take my time with it and here's what I do with the jigsaw. Stay away from my line. First, I might do a test cut far out and see if it's going to bend on me, which way it's bending. And then I use that to estimate how far away from my actual line I need to go. And then I cut along and if it starts to bow out, it doesn't actually hurt the project. I just have a little more work to do to clean it up afterwards. So once again, throwing it to the chat room, you guys got any remedies or solutions or tips for something like this? Um, let's pass it on. Al says a low quality blade will wander most times. Yeah, good quality, sharp blade. Appropriate tooth count for what you're cutting. Um, you know, lower teeth being more aggressive, um, you know, more, more teeth per inch is, is certainly going to give you a cleaner cut, but also it's going to generate more heat and make you go a lot slower. So uh, using the right tool, you know, the right blade for the job is important too. Uh, Stumptown says my Makita is good, but not 90 degrees every time. Yeah. Don't force it. So that's the thing with the, with the Milwaukee, it's pretty good, you know, as far as uh, that kind of saw goes, but it still can, you know, turn on me. Yep. Okay. Cole Mason. Cole says, I love, wait, did I skip one? Nope. I love the planning, prep and building of projects, but when I, uh, but when I often dread, I probably should have rewritten this so I could read it properly. Um, I dread the finishing stage is what he says. Do you have any tips to help get over the tedium and my own inexperience of the finishing stage? So I actually do have a tip and it's not going to come from me today. Oh. We do. We're, we're trying this once in a while. Hopefully you guys like this hearing from some other people. Um, I'm a lucky guy in that I, I know some, some smart some people. Some woodworkers yeah, some, YouTubers. Some smart woodworkers who uh, would be more than willing to answer some questions for you guys. So how about we hear from uh, the one and only John Peters. I think that would be great. John Peters has an answer. Hey Cole, I used to feel the same way about finishing my projects. And a lot of that came down to not always knowing if I was going to get a good finish or not. And kind of being worried that I was going to screw up the project that I just made. But over the years, I've become more familiar with the products that I use and more confident as a wood finisher. And so now I actually look forward to that process. So I've simplified my finishes down to mainly three products for what I consider like studio furniture, smaller pieces. I'll use water locks. This is a tongue oil finish. It's very easy to apply. You don't need to spray it or anything. You're just gonna use a clean rag and apply it in the direction of the grain about three coats on the piece, maybe uh, five or six coats on the top. That's what I like to do. And you can sand in between coats with 320 sandpaper. Very simple, fast finish is lacquer. Lacquer is very easy to apply. 
if you have a sprayer, I mean, I've used expensive sprayers, I've used uh, inexpensive Rockler sprayers, and still managed to get a pretty decent finish spraying lacquer. Again, three coats is all you need, sand in between coats, and you'll be able to get your entire project done in one day because it dries so quickly. One piece of advice for spraying or applying a waterborne lacquer, I only use waterborne lacquers on light colored woods because they really don't pop the grain like a solvent based lacquer or the tongue oil will. So this is gonna kind of deaden the grain and not give it that real brilliant finish. So avoid using waterborne lacquer on your nicer woods like cherry and walnut and sapili, but really good for the insides of cabinets, painted projects, things like that. And then the last thing I'll say is something that I've been using for almost 30 years now is a product called Wool Lube. And this is a lubricant for your 4-0 steel wool. And so what this is going to do is a little wool lube, your 4-0 steel wool, hand rub the finish in the direction of the grain. That's going to remove any of those little nibs or bumps and give your piece of furniture a really nice look and feel. So I hope that was helpful. Thanks to Nicole and Mark. It was fun being on the show and hope to do it again sometime. All right, we're back. Thank you, John. That was awesome, right? Yeah, I loved it. JohnPeters.com. Of course, he's on YouTube, and I had his Instagram up there. I think it's JohnPeters underscore. So go check him out. Subscribe. The guy knows what he's talking about. I never heard of that woo lube or yeah. woo lube or something. He said um, a lubricant specifically for steel wool uh, for that, like, basically what, what we would call finishing the finish. Right. You know, when it's done and you just want to get all those little dust nibs out and stuff. Um, but yeah, great guy. Thank you so much, John, for doing that. I hope you guys uh, enjoy hearing from someone else instead of uh, stupid old me all the time. And we will try to do this. I think because I'm, I'm the challenge is getting the questions yes, early enough early. that I could inconvenience people with <laughs> yes. this request yes. and have enough time to get their video back. So the thing is, we it's having guests is yeah. really hard in a live format, and uh, we're also a little lazy when it comes to that stuff. So I'd much rather have like pre-recorded stuff tell like we're that. Honest. Oh, we don't, we don't uh, sugarcoat anything. Uh, I got a question here from John Peckham. He says, Mark, I actually have two of Charles Neal's chairs that don't have seats, and I'm hoping to finish them up shortly. I watched your video on the ArborTech that is what I was planning to use. You had some years of experience since that post. I'm hoping for any or all bits of advice here. I watched Hamilton nearly cut off his hand using a chainsaw tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a bit terrified of any safety concerns before I take the plunge. Okay. Any, any advice on, what it's, are they called? Um, uh, it's an angle grinder. Angle grinder. Um, well, first of all, stay away from what, uh, James almost cut his hand off with. It was with. Stumpy Nose, right? Yeah. Well, he was going, he was trying to live up to his name is what was happening there. It was a uh, Sir Galahad that yeah. he was. Uh, well, no, it's the Lance, Lancelot, Lancelot or something like that. So the King Arthur Tools is the company. They make yes. a wide range of tools. One of them is this sort of chainsaw style cutter yeah. that most people look at and fear for their lives. We actually have, I think, a guild meeting where you reviewed that one, Yeah, the Arbor Tech. I bought that one. I, <laughs> I put it on the grinder and then I was like, nope. <laughs> like even with some experience yeah. in this, I just looked at that and I was like, hmm. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, I would look into, uh, see, and that's the thing. You don't want to necessarily throw them under the bus because they have great other like grinding tools. Mm -hmm. Um, the Holy Galahad 
line of discs that you could put on there. They're fantastic. Yep. They're great because they got holes in them. Um, you can get them in different profiles and different uh, coarseness. And you can actually see the work because the holes, as it spins, it's not 100% clear, but you could see layout lines. You could see the wood grain. It's actually really handy. Um, so check them out. Cuts All is another brand you could look at for burrs and grinder burrs like that. Um, when it comes to using these tools, safety is a must. You know, you really got to get to know it. And one of the things I recommend people do is you get something fairly soft, right? You don't really necessarily want to like go hack into an eight quarter piece of Babinga with this. You want something fairly soft, get a couple hundred dollar two by fours. I heard their prices are going down. <laughs> yes, so they, they might be $50 now. <laughs> um, but get yourself a couple of two by fours, something fairly soft. And what you want to get the feel for on something that's a little less risky because it's not going to fight you back as much, um, you know, start to see how the disc acts when it hits certain types of grain um, and how directionality plays a role in this. The disc is only going to spin in one direction, so kind of like a router. There's a right way to go, a wrong way to go, um, and you will sometimes get tear out when you go one way. But if you go the other way, you don't get tear out. It's just practice. You gotta, And it's hard to really explain in words without the demonstration to show you what to look for. Mm -hmm. But the more you contact that that disc to the wood, the more you're going to understand the nuances of it. So that's my best recommendation. I, I still think I, I've got a couple of videos out there. Yeah, John, if you're a guild member, um, if you go in the guild meetings, there's there's definitely a... Yeah, I know we definitely did a review of a few of them. Yep. Arbortech, I can't not mention them. Arbortech makes uh, the turboplane and their original industrial carver. What the who the heck? Sorry, phone ringing. Ignore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Matt so, calling you. Lindsay's in the chat room. Yeah, it, <laughs> she yeah. is. Is she really? Yes, she is. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm sure Matt's over <laughs> these like slinging logs somewhere. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Arbor Tech, definitely check them out too because mm -hmm. they've got some really quality stuff. But spend some time with some scrap. That's the best way to, to kind of get to know what the tool's going to do. stay away from the, the cheaper ones, the chat room said. Stay away from the cheaper ones. Get a face shield. Highly recommend it. Um, I've got one over by the lathe, but it's definitely a good thing to have when you're, uh, you know, throwing chips around like that. Mm -hmm. Now, the funny thing is gloves. I'm torn on this because some people recommend against gloves with power tools, right? Just in general, bad idea. But if you've ever used one of these tools, it doesn't take long before the wood chips start to just punish the backs of your hands and your fingers. So there is some, I guess, uh, I guess there's some logic to wearing gloves, even though it's generally considered not a safe thing to do, but that's a personal choice. I'm not going to say whether you should or should not, but try it without first mm -hmm. is, is what I'm saying. I want to give Kimberly Morgan in the chat room a warm welcome. She's from Ohio and she's a brand new woodworker. Wow. So, welcome. Welcome to the show. Well, go watch my video on the top 10 things that I wish <laughs> I knew when I first started woodworking. <laughs> You know, the funny thing, not to derail it, um, right. a like gentleman, when you, when you, you like my derailings? I like your derailings. I think they like them too, maybe. Somet I Sometimes. I mean, there's some thumbs down here, Nicole. <laughs> I mean, not everybody's liking this. Uh, there was a comment that came in on that video about advice for new woodworkers. And the guy, he had a good point. And my, my, my like initial reaction was to respond with something. I'm like, no, wait a minute. I think I need to think about this more. So the guy said... He thinks one of the tips for new woodworkers should be learn with hand tools first. Mm. Oh, that's why you were asking me that question. Yeah, don't use anything with power. Learn with hand tools first and then get the power tools only if you think you need to. And I struggled with it because my knee-jerk reaction was like, no, man. Like, why are you wasting people's time with something like that? If you want to be a hand tool woodworker, yes, you need to learn hand tools. But I think... Maybe I'm wrong here, but the vast majority of woodworkers out there are probably getting into this with power tools. 
yes, it's great if you have the time to learn the fundamentals with hand tools, but most of us don't. And especially if this is just kind of a side thing, sometimes it's the end result that's the most important thing, and you have to then kind of backfill your, uh, your toolbox of techniques and tools that you know how to use uh, to make it all make sense. So anyway, I'm just throwing it out there because I thought it was interesting. My knee-jerk reaction was I didn't feel it was fair because in reality, in the, the, if there was nothing but time, I do think that it is better for a woodworker to learn the fundamentals of hand tools, to learn how wood grain responds to hand tools, and then transfer that knowledge to power tools. But that said, a person can absolutely completely skip hand tools, go to power tools, and be a top-notch woodworker. Well, and I think it, it also depends on the woodworker. So if that woodworker has maybe hesitance or fear of sure. power tools, I think hand tools is a good way An to... Age? Get into it. Yeah, if it's a younger person, mm-hmm. hand tools probably make sense. But yep. so anyway, um, I just thought that was interesting. I'm curious what you guys think yep. about that. Okay, let's go to Aaron Jensen's question. Can I put a spar urethane over an interior oil-based polyurethane? I threw an interior finish on an outdoor project made of redwood that I didn't care about that much, but now it looks great, <laughs> and I want it to last a little bit longer. And I'm impatient. I'm an impatient woodworker. So what's going to happen since I've already done it by the time this airs? <laughs> Aaron, I like your style. Um, just do it and see what happens. I would be lying if I told you I know exactly what's going to happen. I don't. Um, I am always still learning, especially when it comes to outdoor finishes. All bets are off. Um, but you do start to learn that some things you know, kind of happen frequently. Uh, and you can bank on those a lot of times. So in this case... Oil-based poly, and then you're putting an oil-based outdoor-friendly spar varnish on top of it. I don't think there's a real huge compatibility issue there. I hope you sanded the surface a little bit. Um, Sometimes when you have a cured poly like that, you want to give it a little bit of a mechanical tooth for the next layer of varnish or whatever urethane you have um, for that stuff to kind of bind. So I hope you did that. If that's the case, I think you're probably going to be fine. Um, Generally speaking, it's that top layer that is your first line of defense. And typically their spar varnish is going to have your UV inhibitors in it. That's the thing that's really going to help uh, the finish not deteriorate over time. Um, You know, there is something to be said that if the top, the top coat fails and the the coats underneath it are not as durable and not as flexible that there could be issues, but I think you're going to be fine. Uh, Tom, uh, is it the surf? Did a nice super chat. Thank you, Tom. Hey, Mark and Nicole. Hey, thanks for all you do. Yada, yada. Watch the outdoor bench. (laughs) I love it. I love it, Tom. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada. We got it. <laughs> Outdoor bench video. Uh, was wondering how it was looking, EPS and Epiphanes finish. Well, we actually have a video for that. We do. So if you go probably five or six videos back, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'll, I have I'll put a, a link in the chat. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like looking back at outdoor finishes. I can't remember what the title was. Um, but I showed several of my outdoor projects and how they held up or how I've treated them over the course of time. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good one. There it is. Outdoor finishes, real world results. Okay. Where am I? Paul Engel. I was batching out a dozen half-inch deep mortises on soft maple. I was taking two quarter-inch passes. The quarter-inch spiral bit that I use was fairly new and lightly used. I noticed after I was done that it was a bit black. I tried to clean it with my blade cleaning solution, but it's baked on. I even tried some steel wool. Scraping the cutting edge with my finger, uh, my fingernail still produces shavings, so I want, to th- I want to think that it's still sharp and viable. Am I kidding myself? Did I ruin my bit? Is it time to retire it? Any idea what I did wrong? Well, okay. 
I can't say for sure what you did wrong, but a lot of times when you start to see that happen, it's a buildup of heat or the wood that you have maybe has some pitch and resin in it or something like that. That's, you know, just exacerbating that heat buildup and then you get the schmutz on there. Um, a lot of times it's about feed rates and speed, right? So if you are maybe at the highest speed of the router and maybe you're not totally confident in making this mortise, so you plunge down and you're going real slow, that slow not necessarily the the bit spinning that's part of it but if you if it's spinning fast and you're going slow now you have a lot of heat and friction heat buildup causes the wood to burn and then you start to get this discoloration and this uh, you know funk that just kind of sticks to the bottom of the bit it might be toast uh, the problem is if you really can't get that off you may try something a little bit more aggressive like a carb cleaner uh, you might try like an oven cleaner or something see if you can get that stuff off of there because if you leave it on there, it will only get worse over time. It just makes the, like even if it feels sharp, once you start cutting wood with it, it's just gonna build up heat and it's gonna really, really get bad over time. So I don't know for sure that it's shot, but I think if you keep using it like that, it probably will definitely get shot. Um, so yeah. Okay, you're done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it was ENZ, kind of abrupt. ENZ Print Co. says, mm -hmm. what is your favorite wood for A, working, B, looks, C, finishing. Oh, good golly. I know. I almost didn't ask him, but he has. Well, the truth is I don't really have a lot of favorites. Um, you, if you look at my past like projects in the walnuts? last couple of years, uh, walnut and cherry are the most frequent woods that I'm using. I think they both finish equally well. I would put walnut a little higher on that scale. I just think the transformation that it has when it gets an oil finish is just gorgeous. absolutely love it. Um, what were the other parts of the question? Uh, just... The if there's different woods that you like for different finishing reasons. versus how it looks versus uh, working with But it. at the same, I would say like if um, I'm working with exotics, I don't work <laughs> with them as much, but I actually really like exotics. Going back to the Rubio conversation we had before, what's great about exotics is they are so durable and they're so hard, they're very difficult to dent. It kind of doesn't matter what finish you put on that. It just, but it's hard on tools. It can be hard on tools, but that's why we buy tools, so that we can be hard on them. <laughs> that's what the funny thing is. Somebody, some people know, are like, oh, that, that wood, that's going to be really hard on the blade. I'm like, that's why I have a blade. <laughs> that's why I'm not using my teeth. Like, that's the point of the tool. And if it know, gets dull, it... then I either sharpen it or buy a new one. I get yeah, what you're saying. I know. You're just, you're regurgitating it's... a common sentiment. I'm just saying... I know when I'm sewing, I don't want my needle to wear out because then I got to replace the needle. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. It's a it's a tough world out there in the sewing world, Nicole. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, there are certain woods that I find more satisfying because of how they finish. So when you have one of those really really dense woods and you just put like a nice, even if you just do a wiping varnish, something very thin or Rubio, something like that, they just look great you know just because the wood is so dense and, and it stays looking great because of that density i feel like <clears throat> we need to entertain Lindsay more she's actually still here she's well she <laughs> I may have bailed a long time ago she may not actually be here she may have just fallen asleep <laughs> no she said walnut for life oh there you go <laughs> i mean a... she's got three young kids yes she deserves a nap <laughs> and she also has to deal with matt so <laughs> there's that too okay ben price he says, setting up my first shop. Any suggestions on small parts storage? I've seen a lot of YouTube videos on storage solutions, but I was curious how you keep everything organized. So if you look at my 2019 shop tour, um, I show, I let you up in my drawers. I show you what's going on in there. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but there is a company that makes these little 
red containers of various sizes. Schaller Corporation, it's spelled S-C-H-A-L-L-E-R corporation.com. They sell all kinds of, actually there's one over there, and it's probably out of your reach, but um, you can buy like little single sizes, little double sizes. So you can kind of just measure your drawer and do a layout with whatever type of stuff you want to store in there. So um, two of my hardware oh. drawers, one all for, one's all for screws, the other's for miscellaneous hardware, um, and they're just these little red cups. And in fact, I bought more than I needed, mm -hmm. and I remember I, I wound up giving some away because um, they're, they're pretty handy to have. Yeah. It wasn't too expensive either. Do you have any more left? I'll send them to Ben. Mm -mm. Okay. Sorry, Ben. No, I have exactly what I need. In fact, I think I, I need more because Should my hardware drawer is looking like crap. Did you want to talk about giving that away? Oh, hey, who wants to win a Festool? Ah! Surprise. There's, there's only 300 of you in See, the chat room right now. you know now. what smarter people would do? Shh. Smarter people would have said something about this ahead of time. Yes. I don't even promote the show before we do it. So you guys, you guys are the real champions. And that's why you get a... a better opportunity yep. than we would if we had actually advertised what? this. Um, so the this is the, the real dedicated fans. So this is a corded festival tool. It is their detail sander. Yep. I don't know exactly what they call it, what the specific like model number is, the DX93. I will warn you ahead of time. Do you need like... You need to get a new pad. This one, I really, I beat the snot out of it. Yeah. It's a little worn. I'm, I'm sure Festool will have replacement pads for this on the front. The reason I have this is I have their RO90. Everybody's saying peckers in the, in the chat room now. Okay, peckers. That's, that's, not the, that's not the thing. No, I give them credit. That means they know, they know me. They know you. So peckers, that's the, uh, Our, that's the key word if you want a chance right. to win this festival. So you are going to have to get a new um, uh, triangle hoochie here. Uh, but this, it's a great little tool. And what was I saying? Yeah. So I have the RO90, which is like the little tiny random orbit that has two... Um, two pads that you could put on it. One is a circular pad, the other is just like this. So this actually turned out to be a very redundant tool with my current collection, and I want one of you guys to have it. <laughs> uh, disappointing maybe, but I don't have a sustainer for it. Oh, yeah. We're gonna put it in a box, yeah. and then you're gonna plug it in and have fun he with it. He got rid of a lot of those sustainers. Well, got rid, I think I gave them to people. Did you give them to I wouldn't have thrown them away. All right. Those All are right. valuable. Pe people, people loved him. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of peckers. I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for the peckers. To There's work. a lot of peckers in the chat room tonight. It's good to see all of you. I wish I had a, a good story to tell you. <laughs> so while this is coming in, I want I've never seen so many peckers in one place. <laughs> it's good stuff, right? Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do the next question while I let everybody that sounds uh, great. come in? And then you can give me a number between... I'm going to estimate we got probably about 100 in here. Okay. MMG wrote in. He says, hey, Mark. And no one's listening to this, by the way. <laughs> well, give me a number then. <laughs> I was working. No, I'm going to do it. I was working right. on a chair build while watching your new video on the pantry build and was trying to come up with a way to put a bullnose profile on the edge of curved chair legs. Uh, then I looked up. I looked up and you were using the exact router bit that I needed to solve my problem. A bullnose bit with a bearing in the center. Can you provide some details on the bit that you used? Googling bullnose bit with center bearing only produced bullnose bits with pairings on the end or a double round over, okay, double round over bits. So anyway, I'm just gonna cut to the chase here. The company is called Magnate, M-A-G-N-A-T-E. 
I was introduced to these bits um, by my buddy, Philip Morley, and um, I've got three of them now in different sizes. They're great. So I do have a link here. We'll put it in the show notes. Nicole, what do you want me to do with the link? Um, right now, the chat yeah, is the chat, probably not the yeah, place we'll to put, put it, a link. I'll put it after. Okay. I have an Amazon link. It's my affiliate link. Um, but it's a, great, it's a great router bit. The one thing I'll warn you about, though, is because of that bearing in the middle, if you are doing this sort of profile, you will get a flat, and there's really at least that I know of, no way to avoid it. So whatever you're putting this profile into, you will want to take like a piece of cardboard or some kind of, you know, somewhat flexible um, sanding strip to get that flat and turn it into something that's like a smooth continuous round. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. What do you wanna, what do you wanna say number wise? I'm gonna scroll up to where I said peckers to enter. (laughs) Okay, 42. 42. I'll say that. Somebody said, can you also give a guild project away? I was actually supposed to give a guild project away last week. The person that won the guild project said, I want to donate it to somebody. And I said, oh, I'm going to get, I'll give it away. Okay. So I'm going to pick 42. So the first one is, um, I'm going to count. Yeah. And we'll f- figure that out. Okay. And then the next one will be 43. <laughs> Just pick a couple people. All right, all right. Everybody's happy to all be right. here. You keep going. Okay. It's going to take me a minute. All right. Black Goat Woodworking says, looking for my first vacuum bag to try out veneering. Suggestion on what size to start with and where to get a quality bag. Okay. So you can go to it's two different companies I've used in the past. Veneersupplies.com. Um, Joe Woodworker over there. Real great guy. That was the first bag that I bought. Recently, I started working with Press Systems. Top notch. Uh, their bags are absolutely fantastic, kind of next level stuff. They got little buttons in there so that you could put the little tubey in there and then put the little C-shaped uh, hoochie on there. And it's it's great stuff, really great bags. And all you have to do is kind of make the platen with the grooves in it. So as far as the size, this is a real big dilemma because the best size for you to get is probably a four by eight, right? What's the largest thing you're going to put in there? That's what you have to ask yourself. And I can't answer that for you. If you're going to be doing big panels... A 4x8 is good, and don't necessarily think that just because you have a 4x8 and you go, well, I'm never going to do a 4x8 panel, why would I want that? Well, you might be doing three, you know, 24x36 panels, or you might have smaller panels, which you can then place in the press at the same time. So having a real big one is probably a good idea if you have the ability to store it. If not, just go for something smaller, but just think about what panel sizes and what things are you going to put in there. Also think if you're going to be doing bent lamination on forms, any form work in there, that takes up vertical space. So if you have a smaller bag and you put something tall in there, you're not going to be able to use it. All right, it. pinch it off, bags. <laughs> so uh, 42 was John Ulrich. Oh, that guy. And 43 is Jamie Chrisman. Nice. So, well, congratulations, Jamie, you guys. Email me, Nicole at the Wood Whisperer, and I'll get you set up with a free guild project. Yep. Uh, John, email me, and I will ship this to whatever. So, this is going to John? Me. Yes. Nice. There you go. I'm going to rub my butt on it, John, <laughs> before I send it to you. I hope you don't mind. It's my gift to you. So, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. You never That's know. great. What's going to happen? You know, the thing is, I've actually got quite a few other tools yep. over there that I was reserving for something special. We'll be giving those this away This is pretty soon. special. Okay. <laughs> I only got a couple more questions here. We Bill... had a couple super chats come in. Oh, good. Uh, Bill Vaughn says, I'm too nervous to ask a question. I just want to say thank you to you both for everything you do. Bill Vaughn. Well, thanks, thank Bill. You, Bill. 
But he, he's he's too shy to ask a question, but not shy enough to let us know that he's shy. It's okay. I like that. I like your style, Bill. Okay, our buddy Kim Erickson has a question. She says, I'm taking your advice and doing one project at a time. I'm trying to use the next project to build the skills needed for the next project, and so on. Can you rank the following guild projects from easiest to hardest? Okay, so she has selected the Farmhouse Table by my buddy Matt, uh, Fremont Nightstand by Daryl Peart, the Morley Lounge Chair by... Huh? Philip Morley. Philip Morley. Yeah. Uh, sofa table, which I believe is also Matt's project. And then the hall tree, which is one of mine. So I generally don't put difficulty levels on guild projects mm -hmm. because it's really hard to narrow them down to such a simple summary. And those summaries can make people, if you're a beginner and maybe you have some, you know, just some natural ability and you have access to tools, you look at something that says advanced, you're like, I'm out, not going to do yeah. it. It's not for me. And it's not true because the guild is there to literally walk you through every step. Um, not literally. I hate when people misuse the word literally. Figuratively. Yeah, figuratively walk you through every step. That's the whole point of what we do in the guild. So that said, I yeah. do think we have some parameters that we might be able to separate mm -hmm. these projects. I would put the hall tree first, as the, starting with the easiest. The hall tree is nearly all plywood. It's casework. The only thing that makes it difficult is the fact that it's large. You probably need a, someone to help you out moving parts around. Jason was here mm -hmm. when I did that project, and I was thankful that Jason was here because a lot of that would have been really difficult to move. Um, then the farmhouse table. Um, that is kind of in a similar fashion, but in the solid wood um, arena. It's a big, big table with big timbers. Uh, not a huge degree of difficulty, but just the sheer size of the work pieces is what makes it difficult. Uh, then I would probably say the sofa table, Matt's sofa table. It's a, a very refined piece with good joinery, um, lots of detailed work. Then I would say the Morley, this is actually kind of hard. I sat here, we talked about that at the pool too. Um, it's really difficult for me to choose these because I think it depends on which aspects of the project you look at. But I would put the Morley lounge chair and then the Fremont nightstand. Um, Philip's project is definitely, you know, there's a lot to it and there's a lot of details. You're going to learn a lot on that project. Um, but the Fremont nightstand is something that's in the green and green style. If you've never done green and green, you, there's a chance you get overwhelmed with the detail. Um, all the ebony plugs, the ebony splines, breadboard ends. Um, there's a lot of template work that gets done. You have drawer construction, finger joints. There's just more to it. So I would put that as the highest degree of difficulty. There you go. Okay. Uh, I got a few super chats. I'm trying to find them because mm. they went by so fast. They uh, went bye-bye. Judy Grass is in the chat. Hi, Judy, Judy. Judy. This is a congrats, congrats to the winners. Thanks, Bags. Uh, Joe O'Brien did a super chat, but there's nothing there. So let, I'll see if I can find anything. Oh, in... you did a super chat? We yeah. didn't get a question from him? No. Well, thank you, just, Joe. thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Who else we got? Just one came in just now. Oh, I saw it. Hold on. Boilermaker. Oh, I put these, I don't put these up there to show, I just, I thought there was a question. Oh. So thank you, Boilermaker. Yeah, I appreciate really that. Nice. Uh, I was just making, oh, he said, I donate it to Kimberly, Kimberly's cause. What's Kimberly's cause? Um, Did I miss something in the chat? I, maybe. Oh, Boilermaker, give the project to Kimberly. Oh, since she's new. Oh, the new woodworker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give her another project. Sure, hey, why not? Kimberly, email me, Nicole at thewoodwhisperer.com, and I'll get you set up in the guild. It's a really great online woodworking school. Um, speaking of the guild. What about it? And giving guild projects away. Uh -huh. uh, every year I do a scholarship. 
we give away nine guild scholarships yes. um, to people that apply. I have three scholarships for student woodworkers, so 18 and under. And then I have three scholarships for over 18. Well, it goes all the way up to whatever age you are. Mm -hmm. And then I have three scholarships for vets. So if you go to the woodwhisperer.com slash scholarship, it will tell you all you need to know. Um, the application is open until the end of July, so the end of this month. Once that closes, then it's my job to read all of the applications. Better you than me. I know. Um, we also have people that donate on the guild. We have guild members that love the guild so much, they actually sponsor additional scholarships. So the nine are the ones I donate, we donate. Mm -hmm. And then we have guild members that actually increase that number. Yeah. So we already have three more on top of the nine. Oh, that's awesome. Which helps a lot because when I read these, I want to give everybody something. <laughs> So go to... It, it's tough. It's, it's a tough, tough call. Um, so go, if you're, if you're not a part of the guild, especially, or if you know somebody that you think could, that, you know, could use um, some woodworking education as they're, as they're getting started, or maybe they've been doing it for a while and they've never really had any... And they've just been doing it wrong the yeah. whole time. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. So the, app, the, the link to the application is there. The details for how it all works is there. Um, if you have any questions at all, you can email me as well. So cool, cool. I, I do that every year. Last year was unique because of the lockdown and the pandemic. All of my scholarships went to shop teachers that right. got thrust into online learning. Like with, it was like, oh, we got to figure this out at home. Yeah, and something like that for shop yeah. class is like that's pretty tricky. Yeah, so. That was last year, but you can see the history of the of the scholarship. What? You can just tell who's a little behind in the feed. Oh, Troy. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Sorry, Troy. <laughs> or maybe he wasn't sure. He's, it's yeah. worth a shot. Yeah. Let me th let me throw my pecker out there. Uh, Lark Atkin <laughs> says, in an old video, Mark mentioned having some foot back pain in the shop. Any tips for dealing with long hours on concrete floors? Well, I don't know if you have control over this, Lark, but if you can put pads down... Um, that helps you. That's a huge yeah. help. So you have two options. You either pad your feet or you pad the floor. Um, I actually find it to be a little bit more difficult to pad the feet, to find a good, comfortable shoe that gives you everything you want, protection, as well as the kind of give that you need. Um, that's probably, I would say, the cheaper solution, really, if you think about it. Um, but I didn't like that. I like wearing sneakers. That's mm -hmm. my thing. I enjoy wearing sneakers. I really didn't want to wear any special footwear. Um, so I put pads on the floor. I started with those really light duty, um, they're like kids uh, foam padding, very, very uh, lightweight. Uh, if you have a vacuum and you go over it with a vacuum, you're gonna suck it up, that type of stuff. Um, but I was able to cover a good amount of space. I, we got those from like a Costco there or Sam's Club, right? You buy them in like a five pack yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they were affordable at the time. Um, since then, I had upgraded to stuff that's a little bit more durable. But um, if you can cover all of your main work stations where you, where you spend the most of your time standing, uh, that is at least going to allow you to just kind of be a little more flexible with your footwear. But again, if, if doing something to the floors isn't in the cards, maybe it's not even your shop, I don't know. Um, you got to get good footwear. It's the only way to go. You went through a lot of weird shoes. I tried a bunch of different shoes. Oh my shoes. gosh. Uh, weird shoes that's right those ones that uh that, like, were like they had a weird 
like, uh, arch yeah, in them or something yeah, like that that yeah. was really uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like just put like now I got I got my running shoes on. Like, I don't yeah, have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you could pad the floor, that's always, always uh, better. Jeff Crevenger, I'm sorry, Jeff, uh, did a super chat earlier and I missed it. Uh, thank you for making me go back and look. When making doors for an outdoor cabinet that will be exposed to elements, should rail and style configuration be altered to mitigate for rain? It's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, any place you have Collection. the potential for water to collect uh, could be problematic. What? Uh, you know, something I might... What's that? A big... Well, let me finish okay, this. Finish, finish Some... Jeff's question. <laughs> something I might you know, do on a project like that, which I would never do on an interior project, is possibly put a little bit of caulk. Maybe not even a, a caulk bead. I might put caulk in the groove of that frame and panel um, door, if that's what we're talking about, um, just so that there's there's no way water can get in there because that's the problem. Water is going to get on that little lip and it's going to go down into, you know, uh, go down past the panel into the groove and then just kind of sit there uh, and possibly rot it from within. Um, that would also be a case where minimally I would make sure, because a lot of times you finish these things afterwards, right? So as long as you get a little bit of finish in there, it's fine. I might pre-finish some parts of those rails to get okay. finish inside that groove so it has some protection. Um, but yeah, I might think in terms of possibly using something um, like a, a, you know, some sort of outdoor rated caulk that would provide just basically block that up so that it doesn't soak stuff in. <laughs> so I said, now that was a super chat. All right, let's see this thing. What do we got here? Scroll up. Let's see what's doing. Who is this person and why is it my new best friend? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here? It's Ing Ingrid, right? Is that, did um, I say your name right? Engineered squared. Engineered. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny name, Nicole. Not, not Ingrid. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if this will be enough. It is. It's completely If this enough. can be used for the scholarships, please do. Thank you for everything you do. You that's just a took couple. It to four. That's a couple scholarships yeah. right there. Yeah. Well, that's incredibly generous of you. Thank you. Each each scholarship is three projects, so mm -hmm. it can be up to. Sorry. <laughs> that's my timer. Uh, I'll put a link if if anybody else wow. is interested. I'll make sure to note this. Um, because I actually do list every all of the donors that increase the number of scholarships to, to mm -hmm. say thank you. Um, so uh, I usually have about anywhere from 100 to 250 applications that I go through. Um, if you would like to help me select a winner, <laughs> uh, you can email me. I actually To be a part of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yep. a cool thing. Yep, but he, that helps a lot too. He's probably thinking, it's no, okay. It's okay. You he's don't a, have to. I did my part. I did my part. <laughs> It's a lot of work. So I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Joseph Lapolito, maybe. Uh, he was like, oh, so I, I got a new perspective of what that takes to do that. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's like when uh, I had to judge like a woodworking yeah, thing for yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. That was yeah. one of the hardest things oh, I ever had to do. Yeah, that was not you fun. I want to crush their little spirits. Yes. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. I'd say, I don't think we're going to get a higher yep. note than that yeah, for this show. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I had a, I did have a bunch of questions. I'm sorry if I didn't get, we didn't get your to your question. It's only so many hours in the in the this day. This is true. But there's this always more shows but, hey, in the future. You know what? If if you didn't get a question, we're here every Friday night. Yeah, this is our new time. Um, you can always, and if you get it in earlier, it's likely to get read. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also head on over to Patreon or become a YouTube. Member. member person 
Hey, I got a question for you guys. You guys liking this weekly content thing? You oh, like yeah, the weekly yeah. videos? Um, it's we're learning. Not this. Not this. <laughs> not this show. We're talking about the real show. The real Wood Whisperer <laughs> weekly video that I promised to do for three months. Because guess what? We're actually coming up on the end of that period. Are we? Yeah. Oh, August wow. is the last month. Wow. It seems shorter for me because I mapped out all the videos and I know how many more we have to make to hit that finish line. Um, and we're almost there. So it's, um, it's been a, quite a learning experience. I will definitely be an open book about this in terms of what I learned, whether or not we are going to change things in the future, how we do things. I'm very curious to see what happens, what the numbers look like, what engagement looks like. Everybody's um, saying yes. But I hope you guys are enjoying it because the one thing I found, I, I keep telling this to Nicole, um, the humor and having fun and stuff like that, a lot of that comes from... It's like a muscle that you have to exercise. And this higher throughput and getting videos out more frequently, actually, it just kind of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, it just kind of keeps getting better and better, funnier and funnier. And I'm really enjoying it. I went to our local ARC, which is like a Goodwill, um, and got a tweed jacket and a fedora. And not because it was a regular Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're, we're having a good time with it. But I, I don't. I don't really know if that's sustainable to continue. Yeah. But we're going to learn something, and we will, you know, continue to push forward. We aren't the type of it, people to kind of just like, just chill and. Maybe it'll be like plateau, a, like the last season of, of Game of Thrones, where you have your episodes in this part of the year, and then you have another set of episodes in the later part of the year. You want like, seasons? Where you break? Well, I consider the year a yeah. season. Okay. So what are you suggesting I do? What are you signing me up for? You do. I have to do something like Game of Thrones. (laughs) We have to have swords. I need a broadsword, Nicole. (laughs) A broadsword and a jacket made of wolf skin. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Anyway, enough about this crap. Anyway, anyway. Thank you, everybody. Yes, if you are a Patreon supporter uh, and you want to hang out with us in the after show, there's the link in the chat for the the after show. And if you're a YouTube um, supporter, you can go underneath the community tab and there's a link to that video there. <laughs> Tomasa says, I'm not a huge fan of exercise, but they've been good. I said, you got to exercise that muscle. <laughs> oh, Tomaso. Okay. Uh, hey, have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, We're going to go. Uh, happy yeah. Happy fourth. We're going to do our after show now, right? It's still, you know, happy fourth still applies to Australians because it could be fourth. Hey, happy fourth. Happy fourth. It's like happy Monday. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Okay, uh, we'll see some of you in the after show. Everybody else, have a great weekend. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.